0: This is another iRaw podcast. We podcast to make the world a better place for animals. Ow, ow, ow. Hello, I'm Emmy Leese, and welcome to the latest episode of Think Like a Vegan, a companion podcast to our book, also entitled Think Like a Vegan. Hello, and welcome to the last episode of Season 2 of Think Like a Vegan, the podcast. In this series, the big theme has been systems, and with special attention to economics and capitalism. Selling as many different products is one of the principal manifestations of capitalism. And in the context of vegan products, what's it mean to have more vegan products available to buy? Do more vegan products mean fewer animals are being exploited for their bodies and secretion? Is veganism about products? There are so many vegan-friendly products, whether it's packaged foods like milks and cheeses, or meat and fish analogs, ready meals and snacks, or even clothing, shoes, and accessories. In many places, vegan-friendly packaged foods are available everywhere, from mainstream supermarkets to local corner shops, convenience stores, and of course, specialty shops and online outlets. And price differences between vegan and non-vegan products have narrowed significantly, often reaching price parity. And sometimes vegan products are even cheaper than non-vegan products. While this is great, no doubt, because who doesn't like nice vegan things and tasty foods, convenience, and not paying a premium, it doesn't mean veganism is winning or that fewer animals are being exploited. Animal agriculture worldwide continues to expand and increase at vertiginous rates. I wrote about it in detail in a section of Think Like a Vegan titled Body Count. Here's two examples. Between the year 2000 and 2020, chicken production increased 130% from 14.4 billion chickens to 33.1 billion per year. And cattle increased 16% from 1.3 billion to 1.5 billion per year. And that's just meat those numbers don't even take into account the dairy and egg industry. And if you're curious, these numbers are from the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations. And I know what you're thinking right now. You're going to say, Emmy, but I heard the numbers had decreased. And yes, you're right. There have been some small and some temporary reduction in numbers. And those have been mostly due to two things. First. The last couple of years have seen two diseases ravaging chickens and wild birds as well, and pigs, and their wild cousins as well. Farms all over the world have been slaughtering entire chicken populations to try to contain the spread of this new bird flu. And it's spread so widely and quickly because of the unimaginable conditions even so-called free-range chickens live in. This flu has also spread to wild birds and fowl with millions dead worldwide. And there's a similar thing going on with pigs and a disease which affects them and their wild pig cousins. Again, mass slaughters all around to protect the chicken and pig industry, respectively. And the second factor to affect animal numbers is a change in how people consume liquid dairy milk. People simply don't drink liquid dairy milk as they used to, or use it with their breakfast foods. And this change in habits has led to small decreases in dairy cow herd numbers. But really, all these decreases have been negligible when we look at the full picture and the billions of land animals killed each year. And that's billions with a B. Then it goes to trillions when we include sea animals. More vegan products also don't mean that people understand what veganism encompasses, despite seeing the word everywhere, whether on products or in the media. Whenever I talk about veganism to groups, including to non-vegans, I always include a simple definition of veganism, and it never fails At the end of the talk, there's always multiple people who comment they had no idea veganism went beyond food choices. I've heard it many times now, and it still surprises me. Then there are the inevitable online arguments about which company to buy from and which to avoid. I see vegans spend way too much time in these weeds. But I'll continue my thoughts on this topic after a short musical interlude. The final piece for this season is by Matthew Gerstenberger, and I've featured his music during all the interludes this season. I am so grateful he shared these with me. I think they're dreamy. You can hear more details about Matthew and his work in episode one of this season, and listen to more of his work on SoundCloud at Seismicity. This is Over the Pacific at 3.30 a.m. 1.00. Uh, the arguments about companies and products these are legitimate questions to think about no doubt some products are made by companies that are vegan other companies may be vegan but their corporate structure might include non-vegan parent companies and affiliates then there are the non-vegan companies making vegan products because hey new products mean new revenue which again It's fine in the capitalist context. That's what companies are meant to do. And by the way, these companies are no heroes just because they're producing vegan products. It's the least they can do, just like it's the least anyone can do to stop exploiting another. And all of these companies, and in fact, all companies in general, have all one thing in common— we really don't know any of the people standing behind them. We don't know if people who own it work there or supply them are ethical people, or for vegan companies, even vegan. And we have no idea what anyone in those companies spends their money on. So even when we say, oh, I only buy from vegan companies, or I refuse to buy from that other company, well, all that's great as consumer choices. That's all it is, a consumer choice. They're valid choices, by the way, in either context. But let's not imbue shopping with any more meaning than that. Think about it this way. If tomorrow, company X were to cease to exist, what that company did wouldn't cease to exist unless there were also a change in the framework itself, which makes it possible for that company or its activities to exist. We as activists need to understand this framework and see where and how we can change it. And shopping isn't activism. Shopping doesn't change the world. Shopping without activism doesn't make more vegans. That beautiful or tasty new vegan product is simply a tool. Use it to start conversations, answer questions about what it means to be vegan, and to showcase another way of life as possible. For example, you're with a non-vegan friend who is commenting on the lack of free-range eggs in shops and restaurants, and they don't know how they'll bake a cake without eggs. They also make a comment about not wanting to buy non-free-range eggs because those are better in their mind. At that point, you might want to start the conversation by saying, you know I'm vegan, right? And vegans don't eat eggs. And you know I love cake. So might I share with you how vegans bake cakes without eggs? There's some great substitutes you can use that make amazing cakes, and you'll never know the difference. And if your friend is interested in starting this conversation, you might be able to lead it to talking about why vegans don't eat eggs and discuss what egg laying entails for the female chicken, how male chicks are killed upon hatching because they're worthless to the industry, and so on. They might simply not know. And the other thing you might be able to discuss with your friend is the reason why there are no free-range eggs. And that leads us back to the bird flu I talked about earlier. Yep, there are no free-range eggs because all the chickens were slaughtered, whether or not they were ill. And then that might lead you to discuss all the zoonotic diseases we've decided we can live with, or really to die by, all because we want to farm animals. And for that discussion, I recommend another section of our book, Think Like a Vegan, entitled A Deal with the Devil, where I look at all the zoonotic diseases around us. And here's another example. Say you're wearing or using apparel that is vegan and someone comments they like it. That's a conversation starter too. Something like, oh, these boots or bag or jumper or whatever it is, it's all vegan. Isn't that remarkable? We don't need to use animals to have practical and beautiful things, and you might even be able to add, this is fairly made, too, so the factory workers are well paid. These situations might elicit further questions and discussions, all of which is a good thing. Activism, education, or changing people's minds, whatever you want to call it, that's the thing that makes all the difference, so focus on that in whatever way works for you. And I've, I've talked about this before, too, in season one. Without more people changing their minds about consuming animal products, we'll end up with a double system, non-vegan items on one side and vegan ones on the other, as if the existence of the former were morally equal to the latter, when it's not. That's it from me, Emmylise. Thank you for listening to this second season of my podcast. Thank you to each of my guests for sharing their knowledge and time. My hope is these talks are useful in navigating our capitalist non-vegan world and deepening our understanding of veganism. We, around, we tear things up when we go around We burn things up when we go around We sweep things up when we go That's it from me, Emmylise. Thank you for listening. I'll post a transcript in due course on our website, thinklikeavegan.com. Remember, you can get in touch by email at thinklikeaveganbook at gmail.com or find Think Like a Vegan on social media. You can find me, more of my work and my upcoming events at emmysgoodeating.com and on social media, Subscribe to this podcast, share it with others, and leave us a review. And you can buy Think Like a Vegan anywhere you buy books and audiobooks or request it from your local library. Production credit goes to Jim Moore of Bloody Vegans Productions, theme music provided by Jenny Moore's Mystic Business from The Eponymous album, the opening tune is Flashback, and we close with Tear Things Up. The interval music is by Matthew Gerstenberger, aka Seismicity, on SoundCloud. For more great iRaw podcasts, visit iRawPod That's i r o a r p o d dot com.